This recording is intended to be used as an educational resource for healthcare providers. It is in no way a substitute for the independent decision making and judgment of a qualified healthcare professional. It should not be used to make a diagnosis or to overrule the advice of a qualified healthcare provider, nor should it be used to provide advice for emergency medical treatment. Hypospadias Correction Tip or Snodgrass Repair by Dr. Hip Wen. Background In this module, we will discuss and demonstrate the repair of hypospadias. Hypospadias is defined as an abnormal, ventrally placed urethral opening. It is typically composed of three abnormalities. The first is an ectopic location of the urethral meatus. The second is the ventral curvature of the penis, also known as cordee. And finally, a hooded foreskin, leaving an excess of skin on the dorsum of the penis rather than the ventrum. In hypospadias, one or more of these findings may occur. Hypospadias may be found in isolation or may be a component of disorders of sexual development. It is important to identify isolated hypospadias versus those associated with the syndrome or disorders of sexual development. The incidence of hypospadias seem to have doubled over the last century in the Western world. Hypospadias has an incidence in one in every 300 live male birth. In certain families and in with disorders of sexual differentiation, it may be as high as one out of every 80 to 100 live birth. The exact cause of hypospadias is not known. There are many theories as to its development and the exact cause remains to be defined. Theories include that it, has, it is caused by an excess of androgen or estrogen during development, or there may be a genetic component. The severity of hypospadias may be variable among patients. It is typically classified as either proximal, mid-shaft, or distal. With proximal hypospadias, the degree of cordee may be more severe than with distal hypospadias, where the cordee may be very minimal and may be primarily due to skin fixation. In the majority of cases, hypospadias tend to be distal. Proximal hypospadias occur in less than 10% of all cases. Despite its etiology, the management of hypospadias remain the same, which is surgical repair. Historically, there have been over four different operations for the repair of hypospadias. Many of these surgeries have been condensed into one to three type of surgery. Today, we'll be discussing the tip repair, also known as the snodgrass repair. In this module, we will demonstrate the different step of the tip hypospadias repair. Essential for the success of hypospadias surgery is the right setup and having the right equipment and tools available. Equipment and operating room setup. This is an example of the setup that is required for hypospadias repair. It is important to have fine pickups and needle driver for the surgery itself. Fine needle holder, such as the Castro Viejo, will facilitate the repair of the urethral plate. A fine knife, such as one here called a WEC knife, allows for a very controlled incision when doing the hypospadias repair. In addition, fine sutures, such as 5-0, 6-0, and 7-0 Vicryl and PDS are also essential in allowing for the urethral plate to be reapproximated without large suture tracts. Finally, having a catheter that is an appropriate size and flexibility will help ensure the success of the hypospadias repair. Procedure 
Prior to performing hypospadias repair, we recommend the use of caudal anesthesia. This procedure is demonstrated in detail in a subsequent module. We believe that caudal anesthesia provides outstanding analgesia for the patient following hypospadias repair and allows for more comfortable recovery. In this patient, we can see that there is distal hypospadias with associated cordy and a dorsal hood. The penis is first prepped and draped in the usual sterile fashion. Degloving of the penis. Adhesions between the dorsal hood and the glands are taken down and betadine is reapplied. After the adhesions are taken down, we can see that the penis has significant cordee. Often, the cordee is caused by a deficiency of skin on the ventral surface. Other causes may include fibrous bands that extend from the base of the penis along its lateral side. Less commonly, the cordee is due to the urethral plate tethering the penis or due to corporal body disproportion. The first step in the tip repair is to place track, a traction suture in the glands of the penis. The traction sutures allows the penis to be placed on ample tension so that the tissue can be divided accurately. After the traction suture has been placed, the hypospadias repair will be mapped out. The urethral plate is first mapped out. Next, marking is extended proximally and laterally to create what we call a furlet collar. Then, the marking is carried out onto the dorsum of the penis in a circumferential manner. A soft catheter is inserted through the ectopic urethral opening. This allows us to visualize the urethral meatus itself, its location, and its quality. Not uncommonly, the more distal portion of the urethral meatus is extremely hypoplastic, and therefore the meatus has to be cut back all the way to the point where there's adequate corporal spongial tissue covering the urethra. After the catheter is inserted, we can mark out the circumferential line where we'll be incising and releasing the ventral foreskin over the urethra. Often, a tourniquet can be placed in order to minimize blood loss and allow for better visualization of the surgical field. A rubber band is placed over a gauze. This prevents excessive compression of the urethra by the rubber band, but still allow for adequate hemostasis. Injection of xylocaine with epinephrine along the urethral plate will allow for hemostasis when incising into the glands of the penis. It should be injected from the distal to proximal with careful attention when injecting close to the urethral meatus. Blanching of the glands will allow you to recognize that the appropriate amount of epinephrine has been placed into the glands. Some practitioners prefer to avoid the practice of using both the tourniquet and the application of lidocaine with epinephrine for concerns about causing ischemia to the glands. Dissection of the urethral plate. The next step of the procedure is the isolation of the urethral plate. Using a wet knife or a very sharp and fine knife, an incision is made perpendicular to the urethral plate down into the glands. It is extremely important here to place the gland on traction. This allows for a straight incision rather than an skiving incision that may undermine the quality of the urethral plate. The incision of the urethral plate should not be carried out too distal as this may result in meatal stenosis. 
Development of the furlet collar. After the incision is made on both sides of the urethral plate, we then can carry the incision circumferentially. Incision is carried along the furlet collar in order to develop a mucosal cuff that can be reapproximated over the tubularized urethra and give the penis a more normal circumcised appearance at the end of the repair. This is where it is extremely important to be delicate and superficial in the incision so that one does not cut into the urethra itself. Often, this layer is only one or two stale layer thick and therefore the urethra may be accidentally incised. In that case, the urethra should be cut back until appropriate corporeal spongiosum is covering the urethra. The quality of the skin on the ventral side is often poor, but rotation of excess skin from the dorsal hood will make up for the deficient ventral skin. Here, you can see that we're incising sharply along the circumferential line. All the subcutaneous tissue is left with the dorsal foreskin. This will be harvested as a subdartos flap later on in the repair. Laterally, there may be fibrous band that need to be taken down in order to correct the cordee. In the majority of cases, especially with distal hypospadias, the cordee is caused by these large fibrous lateral bands. The urethra should be carefully visualized so that we don't injure the urethra proximally. The skin is taken down all the way to the penoscrotal junction, both on the ventral and dorsal side. Again, we have to emphasize the importance of leaving subcutaneous tissue on the ventral side of the urethra to prevent fistula formation. The incisions lateral to the urethral plate are deepened to create gland wings, which can be rotated ventrally and be approximated in midline. Tubularization of the urethral plate. We then make an midline incision in the urethral plate in order to increase the circumference of the urethral plate and allow for its tubularization. After the urethral plate has been incised, it can be tubularized. A subcuticular stitch is performed using a delicate 7 sutures. Some practitioners prefer to use bicryl, while others prefer a monofilament such as monocryl or PDS. Regardless, a very fine suture is needed in order to prevent fistula tract. The urethra is then tubularized on the ventral side. This allows the flap to rotate freely. The most important aspect of tubularization is to roll the epithelium of the urethral plate into the lumen. This helps to minimize the chance of fistula formation. A common mistake made by practitioners who are new to hypospadias repair is to tubularize the urethral plate too tightly, leaving a very small urethral meatus. A generous sized urethral meatus is essential in order to prevent meatostenosis, a common complication following hypospadias repair. Development of the subdartos flap. The next step in our hypospadias repair is to harvest the subdartos flap. The subdartos flap is created by dividing the skin and the subcutaneous tissue along the dorsal hood. At the beginning of the dissection, the subcutaneous tissue may be very fine and delicate, 
but as the dissection is carried out more proximally, the division between the skin and the subcutaneous tissue become more evident and a much healthier flap can be generated. The flap should be mobilized all the way to the penoscrotal junction to ensure that the flap can freely rotate and be mobilized to the ventral side. The creation of this flap allows for coverage of the neurethra. Traditionally, this flap is rotated on one or the other side of the penis in order to rotate to the flap to the ventral side. A modification is made by placing a hole in the subdartos flap very proximally. The catheter and the penis is then pulled through this hole, allowing the flap to be placed on the ventral side with re without the need for rotation. The advantage of performing this modification is to prevent concomitant penile torsion resulting from the flap rotation. By rotating the flap on both sides using this buttonhole technique, we can avoid any penile torsion. After the flap has been rotated onto the ventral side, it is tacked to the undersurface of the gland. It is important to bring the flap all the way near the tip of the penis in order to provide complete coverage of the neurethra. This vascular flap allows for healthy tissue to intervene between the skin and the neurethra and therefore minimizing the chance of fistula formation. It is not uncommon that we may need to trim the subdartos flap in order to fit appropriately on the ventral side. A larger suture such, uh, such as a 5-0 or 6-0 Vicro or PDS may be used to anchor the flap onto the underside of the gland wings. Careful attention should be made to place the attachment on the neurethra and not on the gland side because if we rotate the glands over the urethra, we do not want the flap to also rotate over the urethra. By anchoring it to the lateral side of the neurethra, the flap will remain in place. The glands is then reapproximated in midline with interrupted 5-0 sutures, and the urethral meatus is matured onto the gland using the same technique. The next step is then to close the glands wing over the subdartos flap and the neural urethra. It is important that the glands wing are closed without tension in order to prevent gland dehiscence. Often we use a very small lacrimal probe placed on top of the flap over the neurethra. The gland wings are then brought over this probe. This will ensure that the gland is not tightly fitted over the neurethra and the subdartos flap. It is essential that the repair is performed without tension in order to prevent glandular dehiscence. More proximally, the furlet collar is rotated to the midline and reapproximated. We offer anchor this point of connection to the subdartos flap. This allows for a well-developed mucosal collar to be created around the glands. After this is accomplished, we now need to rotate the skin from the dorsal side of the penis to the ventral side. The dorsal hood is often divided in midline. Much of the skin on the dorsal hood can now be rotated onto the ventral side for coverage. Final closure. 
Excess skin from the ventral side can be excised and the skin rotated from the dorsal to the ventral side can be secured in place with a 5-0 or 6-0 suture. The skin is then reapproximated ventrally to provide additional coverage between the urethra and the surface. The skin is reapproximated to the mucosal cuff that is created by the furlet collar and the repair is completed with a creation of a neourethra and a circumcised phallus. The penis should be placed on some minor traction in order to determine the appropriate amount of skin to cover the penile shaft. Excess skin on the dorsal side of the shaft may cause a non-optimal post-operative appearance of the penis. When there is too much skin left, the penis may look burry. It is not surprising to see that despite the minor degree of hypospadias, such as that seen in distal hypospadias, there may be significant lack of ventral foreskin. The catheter should be secured in place. Incision over the urethral plate often requires catheter drainage for approximately five to seven days. Some practitioners have performed hypospadias repair using the tip or snodgrass technique without the need for a catheter. However, there's a higher chance that meatal stenosis may develop if this is done. Application of the dressing. After the catheter is secured in two places, we then cover the penis with a dressing. There are numerous ways to perform hypospadias dressing. The key components are to apply a very gentle pressure on the repair to prevent bleeding and to keep stool away from the repair until the surgery is healed. Procedure. Prior to performing hypospadias repair, we recommend the use of caudal anesthesia. This procedure is demonstrated in detail in a subsequent module. We believe that caudal anesthesia provides outstanding analgesia for the patient following hypospadias repair and allows for more comfortable recovery. In this patient, we can see that there is distal hypospadias with associated cordy and a dorsal hood. The penis is first prepped and draped in the usual sterile fashion. Degloving of the penis. Adhesions between the dorsal hood and the glands are taken down and betadine is reapplied. After the adhesions are taken down, we can see that the penis has significant cordee. Often, the cordee is caused by a deficiency of skin on the ventral surface. Other causes may include fibrous bands that extend from the base of the penis along its lateral side. Less commonly, the cordee is due to the urethral plate tethering the penis or due to corporal body disproportion. The first step in the tip repair is to place track, a traction suture in the glands of the penis. The traction sutures allows the penis to be placed on ample tension so that the tissue can be divided accurately. After the traction suture has been placed, the hypospadias repair will be mapped out. The urethral plate is first mapped out. Next, marking is extended proximally and laterally to create what we call a furlet collar. Then, the marking is carried out onto the dorsum of the penis in a circumferential manner. A soft catheter is inserted through the ectopic urethral opening. This allows us to visualize the urethral meatus itself, its location, and its quality. Not uncommonly, the more distal portion of the urethral meatus is extremely hypoplastic and therefore the meatus has to be cut back 
all the way to the point where there's adequate corporal spongial tissue covering the urethra. After the catheter is inserted, we can mark out the circumferential line where we'll be incising and releasing the ventral foreskin over the urethra. Often, a tourniquet can be placed in order to minimize blood loss and allow for better visualization of the surgical field. A rubber band is placed over a gauze. This prevents excessive compression of the urethra by the rubber band, but still allow for adequate hemostasis. Injection of xylocaine with epinephrine along the urethral plate will allow for hemostasis when incising into the glands of the penis. It should be injected from the distal to proximal with careful attention when injecting close to the urethral meatus. Blanching of the glands will allow you to recognize that the appropriate amount of epinephrine has been placed into the glands. Some practitioners prefer to avoid the practice of using both the tourniquet and the application of lidocaine with epinephrine for concerns about causing ischemia to the glands. Dissection of the urethral plate. The next step of the procedure is the isolation of the urethral plate. Using a wet knife or a very sharp and fine knife, an incision is made perpendicular to the urethral plate down into the glands. It is extremely important here to place the gland on traction. This allows for a straight incision rather than an skiving incision that may undermine the quality of the urethral plate. The incision of the urethral plate should not be carried out too distal as this may result in meatal stenosis. Development of the furlet collar. After the incision is made on both sides of the urethral plate, we then can carry the incision circumferentially. Incision is carried along the furlet collar in order to develop a mucosal cuff that can be reapproximated over the tubularized urethra and give the penis a more normal circumcised appearance at the end of the repair. This is where it is extremely important to be delicate and superficial in the incision so that one does not cut into the urethra itself. Often, this layer is only one or two stale layer thick and therefore the urethra may be accidentally incised. In that case, the urethra should be cut back until appropriate corporeal spongiosum is covering the urethra. The quality of the skin on the ventral side is often poor, but rotation of excess skin from the dorsal hood will make up for the deficient ventral skin. Here, you can see that we're incising sharply along the circumferential line. All the subcutaneous tissue is left with the dorsal foreskin. This will be harvested as a subdartos flap later on in the repair. Laterally, there may be fibrous band that need to be taken down in order to correct the cordee. In the majority of cases, especially with distal hypospadias, the cordee is caused by these large fibrous lateral bands. The urethra should be carefully visualized so that we don't injure the urethra proximally. The skin is taken down all the way to the penoscrotal junction, both on the ventral and dorsal side. Again, we have to emphasize the importance of leaving subcutaneous tissue on the ventral side of the urethra to prevent fistula formation. The incisions lateral to the urethral plate are deepened to create gland wings, which can be rotated ventrally and be approximated in midline.
tubularization of the urethral plate. We then make an midline incision in the urethral plate in order to increase the circumference of the urethral plate and allow for its tubularization. After the urethral plate has been incised, it can be tubularized. A subcutacular stitch is performed using a delicate 7 sutures. Some practitioners prefer to use bicryl, while others prefer a monofilament such as monocryl or PDS. Regardless, a very fine suture is needed in order to prevent fistula tract. The urethra is then tubularized on the ventral side. This allows the flap to rotate freely. The most important aspect of tubularization is to roll the epithelium of the urethral plate into the lumen. This helps to minimize the chance of fistula formation. A common mistake made by practitioners who are new to hypospadias repair is to tubularize the urethral plate too tightly, leaving a very small urethral meatus. A generous sized urethral meatus is essential in order to prevent meatostenosis, a common complication following hypospadias repair. Development of the subdartos flap. The next step in our hypospadias repair is to harvest the subdartos flap. The subdartos flap is created by dividing the skin and the subcutaneous tissue along the dorsal hood. At the beginning of the dissection, the subcutaneous tissue may be very fine and delicate, but as the dissection is carried out more proximally, the division between the skin and the subcutaneous tissue become more evident and a much healthier flap can be generated. The flap should be mobilized all the way to the penoscrotal junction to ensure that the flap can freely rotate and be mobilized to the ventral side. The creation of this flap allows for coverage of the neo-urethra. Traditionally, this flap is rotated on one or the other side of the penis in order to rotate to the flap to the ventral side. A modification is made by placing a hole in the subdartos flap very proximally. The catheter and the penis is then pulled through this hole, allowing the flap to be placed on the ventral side with re without the need for rotation. The advantage of performing this modification is to prevent concomitant penile torsion resulting from the flap rotation. By rotating the flap on both sides using this buttonhole technique, we can avoid any penile torsion. After the flap has been rotated onto the ventral side, it is tacked to the undersurface of the gland. It is important to bring the flap all the way near the tip of the penis in order to compl provide complete coverage of the neo-urethra. This vascular flap allows for healthy tissue to intervene between the skin and the new urethra and therefore minimizing the chance of fistula formation. It is not uncommon that we may need to trim the subdartos flap in order to fit appropriately on the ventral side. A larger suture such, uh, such as a 5-0 or 6-0 Vicro or PDS may be used to anchor the flap onto the underside of the gland wings. Careful attention should be made to place the attachment on the neo-urethra and not on the gland side because if we rotate the glands over the urethra, we do not want the flap to also rotate over the urethra. By anchoring it to the lateral side of the new urethra, the flap will remain in place.
The glans is then reapproximated in midline with interrupted 5-0 sutures, and the erythromeatus is matured onto the gland using the same technique. The next step is then to close the glans wing over the subdartos flap and the neural urethra. It is important that the glans wing are closed without tension in order to prevent gland dehiscence. Often, we use a very small lacrimal probe placed on top of the flap over the neourethra. The gland wings are then brought over this probe. This will ensure that the gland is not tightly fitted over the neourethra and the subdartos flap. It is essential that the repair is performed without tension in order to prevent glandular dehiscence. More proximally, the furlet collar is rotated to the midline and reapproximated. We offer anchor this point of connection to the subdartos flap. This allows for a well-developed mucosal collar to be created around the glands. After this is accomplished, we now need to rotate the skin from the dorsal side of the penis to the ventral side. The dorsal hood is often divided in midline. Much of the skin on the dorsal hood can now be rotated onto the ventral side for coverage. Final closure. Excess skin from the ventral side can be excised and the skin rotated from the dorsal to the ventral side can be secured in place with a 5-0 or 6-0 suture. The skin is then reapproximated ventrally to provide additional coverage between the urethra and the surface. The skin is reapproximated to the mucosal cuff that is created by the furlet collar and the repair is completed with a creation of a neourethra and a circumcised phallus. The penis should be placed on some minor traction in order to determine the appropriate amount of skin to cover the penile shaft. Excess skin on the dorsal side of the shaft may cause a non-optimal post-operative appearance of the penis. When there is too much skin left, the penis may look burry. It is not surprising to see that despite the minor degree of hypospadias, such as that seen in distal hypospadias, there may be significant lack of ventral foreskin. The catheter should be secured in place. Incision over the urethral plate often requires catheter drainage for approximately five to seven days. Some practitioners have performed hypospadias repair using the tip or snodgrass technique without the need for a catheter. However, there's a higher chance that meatal stenosis may develop if this is done. Application of the dressing. After the catheter is secured in two places, we then cover the penis with a dressing. There are numerous ways to perform hypospadias dressing. The key components are to apply a very gentle pressure on the repair to prevent bleeding and to keep stool away from the repair until the surgery is healed. Conclusion. In this module, the technique of a tip or snodgrass hypospadias repair has been demonstrated. Hypospadias repair is challenging even in the most expert of hands. It should be performed by practitioners who not only have experience and training, but who also have the available equipment and instrument needed to perform the surgery successfully. Complications include fistula formation, meatal stenosis, and glandular dehiscence. Rates of these complications are low, around 1 to 5%. Appropriate 
perioperative and postoperative care will help to minimize the chance of these complications. Nutritional status, hygiene, and catheter care are also important determinants of the success of hypospadias surgery. Because hypospadias can greatly affect the child's quality of life in terms of their sexual and urinary function, hypospadias repairs should be an important part of the surgical armamentarium in the management of children with urological problems. That concludes our video on hypospadias correction, tip or snodgrass repair. This recording is a production of Open Pediatrics, a free and open access resource for pediatric clinicians worldwide. For more pediatric care materials or to join our global community, please visit our website at openpediatrics.org.